Mike to get get in here on us. Um, he's running a little late, late from work, so we're just waiting on everybody to get in here and kick this thing off and and uh, see what everybody's got to bring to the table tonight. Hope everybody's having a good week. Um, the weekend here in Georgia is supposed to rain tomorrow afternoon. Uh, then Saturday and Sunday is supposed to be uh, 
pretty good here. How's everybody's fishing going? Um, what's up, Tim? Welcome to the show, Tim. Mike said he's about three minutes out. So, got held up at work. We'll get this thing started. Um, <clears throat> so, tonight's program, we just getting everybody in here and get everybody on the chat. Give me a thumbs up if you can hear me real good. So while we're waiting on Mike, I'm going to show you some things. If y'all don't have ollies in y'all, does anybody have ollies in their sound? If if y'all do, they have some of the coolest things that you can pick up there in the fishing, fishing section. Some 13 fishing swim baits. I think these are Heck, I can't even read. And I think these are 1.25s. And then the bigger ones in the shad color. But I thought that was pretty cool. I think they're like $4.99 a piece or for a pack of them. And then picked up me a Bagley's jerk bait. This I think this goes to 20 foot. This jerk bait does. Um, and then I got a digger 4.5 by Berkeley. Like a crawl color. So. Yeah, Tim. Uh, see the logo up in the top. Top corner here. That's a. Tim's business, Death Dealer Bates out of Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, John is my camera. My camera ain't blurry on my end. Uh, it might just be me focusing on things or something. Um, so, but what we're going to discuss tonight is pedal versus motorized kayak fishing. Um, you know, the kayak world has evolved into something outrageous now. So, um, so Mike's finally backstage. We're going to bring him in on. What's up, Mike? I'm late. This is the second time I've been late to a podcast in a week. And a half. <laughs> it's all right, man. It's all good. All good. I was just showing some things I picked up at Ollie's today. Um, oh yeah, yeah, some uh, some thirteen fishing. Those look, color, yeah. Are yeah. those like sectioned? Is that what those have like little lines in them to like like cutouts on them? Yeah, they're like rubber. It's like you could fit a rubber band around them. Okay, yeah, that reminds yeah. me of um, Gambler makes a swim bait that has those little cuts in them. It makes them bend better. Yeah. Then uh, cool. I picked up a jerk bait by Bagley and 
Dude, Bagley stuff's pretty solid. Yeah, they actually have a tournament program that my club's a member of. Oh, really? Yeah, that <clears throat> the Angler of the Year gets $200 worth of baits. Really? Yeah. Dude, that's cool. Because cool. I've got some Bagley. Um, they're like a deep diver. They're kind of similar to like the Rapalas, like the DT series. I don't know what it was called, but it's like a bigger bodied, but it's a deeper dive in. It almost feels like it's like not balsa, but like the imitation balsa stuff. It's yeah, it has a really good action in the water. Yeah, so cool. We're gonna kick this thing off, Mike. We're gonna pedal versus uh, ki uh motorized kayaks tonight. The great debate. So, um, got me a new new lid at the fair last night, man. Nice, Jimmy Britt. Chrysler Dodge Ram pickup. Um, even though I don't drive a Dodge, but give a shout out to Jimmy Britt there for giving me a new lid. I had a Ram for a while. So, um, <clears throat> so like I said, we were going to discuss pedal versus motorized kayaks and how the world of kayak fishing has been resolved or evolved, excuse me, not resolved, but re evolved. I don't think it'll ever know. be resolved, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like the MLF, right? Have you read, yeah. been reading the stuff on MLF? Oh yeah. That's, that's another, that's, that's for another rabbit hole, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the kayak world has evolved in the last three years. Heavily. Um, heavily and not only that as far as paddle pedal or motorized but kayak fishing as a whole in the bass industry yep so it's just covid like created a whole generation of fishermen that didn't exist before and the yeah. kayak was like the economical way of getting into the sport right so it blew up yeah, and then the plastic world went to crap in a handbasket during COVID. Yep. Kayaks were hard to get. So, yep. But you pedal, I motorize. Mm -hmm. So, this is a good debate on whether what advantages each other, each other has in the pedal category versus the motorized category. And also to clarify, there's, in my opinion, there's also two classifications of motor because you've got like the Bigsby's and the Torquitos, and then you've got the XI3s with the spot lock, which is another kind of right. level two of the motor. Um, I'll admit, I tried to put a motor on my kayak. I tried it, but the problem is I have an old town and the, the way they do the rudder, you can't really put like a Torquito or anything like that on the back because the rudder comes from the top and down. Right. So I tried actually building a transom mount off of the power pole mount on the back of the old town. So it was off to the side. And the idea was I was just going to have the motor be fixed, turn it on and off, and then just use my rudder to steer. The problem is I weigh 315 pounds and then I'm adding a 60 pound battery and then I'm adding a 20 pound motor on the side of my kayak and my kayak kept listing uh -oh. and I hated it. I didn't, I mean, I could have adjusted it, but, um, 
as far as like the advantages, in my personal opinion, as someone who's predominantly pedaling, um, again, there's two sides. Am I tournament fishing or am I fun fishing? If I'm fun fishing, I don't really see a huge advantage for a fun fisherman to catch more fish than a pedal guy because a pedal guy is just going to pick apart an area, whereas the motor guy is just going to do bass boat style and he's going to fish somewhere and then he's going to zoom over and follow that pattern and then zoom over and follow that pattern. Right. In the yeah, tournament I, world, I think that's where it really comes into play, in my opinion. Yeah. So when I first got my kayak, I, I paddled and and I tend to I I tend to slow myself down when I was paddling mm-hmm. because you couldn't move as fast. Right. And now since I got a motor, which I I have a new canoe which has a bow mount. Mm-hmm. Um and I got a fifty five pound thrust trolling motor on 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 the front. And and you like you said, I find myself in that bass boat mentality now is okay i'm not marking any fish here you know i'll troll i'll troll for a minute or two for mark fish stop fish them if they bite they bite if not you move on yep and it makes it makes running a pattern so like for tournament fishing and for those of you who don't necessarily understand the mentality or even just in general the concept of finding a pattern the difference is in a pedal drive kayak if i find a spot Okay, so say it's submergent wood in eight feet of water. I am going to take a lot more time if I catch a fish there to find another section of the lake that has submergent timber with eight feet of water. Whereas Daniel can go, okay, I've caught fish in three different places using this bait on timber in eight feet of water. hammer down and run up the bank until he finds the next spot that has that hammer off and start fishing that area. And that's what I mean by bass bow mentality is when you start to figure out a pattern, you can just ignore the rest of the bank and hammer over to the next spot that has that type of build. And that's the difference in my opinion, especially for tournament stuff is people don't realize that lakes actually are a lot smaller than you think because the bass usually relate to something. They're usually on docks. They're usually on wood. They're in lily pads. There's something about it. And then the other puzzle pieces that you put together throughout the day, they only like black and blue jigs today. Okay. So they're black and blue jigs. I found that out. Now I figured out they're on the third section of the lily pads. And then all of a sudden you can start looking at that lake and go, okay, instead of a thousand acres, I now have 14 spots that match what this profile is. Right. And that's and so how you what, reduce it down. So what a lot, you know, Hobie BOS, they don't allow motors. Nope. So you have to either paddle or pedal. Um, and, and they sell out, they sell out their tournaments, every tournament. Yep. Um, but look at Bass Nation, you know, a lot of the Bass Nation stuff with Steve-O and, all that group is they allow motors. So, and, and a lot of people switch back and forth fishing the BOS and the yep. BASS stuff. And then you have, you know, you have grassroots people that don't allow yep. pedals 
and you don't you have some groups that don't allow motors so yeah uh, so it's a it's a win-win solution for everybody uh it just depends on how you want to fish um and and how much money you want to put in into a rig so i will say i will never so my goal my bucket list goal for next year is i want to upgrade my kayak so i have an old town 106 it's too small i need like a 12 or 13 foot kayak i just need it what i really want to do is i want to get a native like a native titan is kind of what i'm looking at that has literally the reinforcements on the front for a bow mount and it has the molding bracket and it literally has holes and ports for a torpedo on the back so it's That's designed right. for either or i don't really necessarily care about having spot lock in a kayak i don't necessarily think i need that for my type of fishing but being able to in a tournament like for example the last tournament i fished in massachusetts the girl that i like to fish with chrissy me and her had talked about it before the tournament and i was going to fish the northernmost section of the lake the problem is that's probably a mile from the ramp so if you guys watch that video you guys anybody saw that video on my channel the end the opening scene of that video is nine guys in a like flying v heading to that <laughs> section of the lake if you've got a motor all those guys left me behind because they can go eight miles an hour without any effort i'm going three miles an hour and i'm winded when i get there right so that's where you get the advantage is I could just hammer down right up there. Think about what I'm doing. I could even rig tackle on the way up. Whereas when you're pedaling, you really just got to focus on your pedaling and get up there. So I don't necessarily disparage. Like I, I'm not going to say a guy with a motor is going to be a guy without a motor every time. That's not really what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, is if there's a situation where you get all the way to one side of a lake, and you figure out that that is not where the fish are. Now you've got to go all the way back to find a fish. The guy with the motor is going to be able to get there 20 minutes before you are. If you're trying to beat someone to a spot, maybe you got a lucky spot. The guy with the motor is going to beat yeah. you there. And the other thing so, about the Hobie that's interesting is they let them use them during practice. Right. Yeah. They're allowed to be... practice with the motors. They just have to take them off before the event. Yeah. So with with the setup I got on my new canoe, and I, I, I'm not even running lithium on my on on, oh, on my setup. Acid. So um, I can get with me full gear, full rigged out. I can get about three and a half miles an hour, okay, ac- across the lake. Um, now you're running just a regular stock. What are you running for a trolling motor? A 55 pound has wing. Okay. Yeah. So a standard, it's not anything like a specifically. No. It's just a trolling motor. It's not like yeah. a kayak special model or. No. No. Okay. That's I what I was trying to, I was trying to put a Minn Kota Endura on mine. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah. the bracket that comes with, with the has wing I had, I had to kind of modify it to to mount to the new canoe 
front bow mount that they they especially make for that f12 yeah yep yeah but because they I actually kind of, reinforce that right they actually have a plate in there that you that's designed for motor right it's like different plastic or something in yeah there. it's about i would say about that thick and there, there's two different plates because there's a smaller plate that goes on the because the new canoe comes to a point yep so you have to have that kind of whittled out so the, the plate kind of sits you got one small plate then you got a big plate and then you have your motor plate yep yeah so, so to, to answer on that question, it's going to determine on what you want. So there's certain trolling yeah. motors yep. that – so, for example, the way Daniel's doing it is probably the, the economy way of doing it. It's not the high-end, super expensive way. Um, a lot of guys will spend – the problem is what he was saying about a lithium. Lithium battery alone, you're looking at 300 bucks. Right. Yeah, the question is how expensive is a setup on a motor or kite? You know, if you look if you look at the XI3, the, the motor guide XI3, which is a kayak trolling motor, they they specifically made that for a kayak because it's got a shorter shaft. Um, then you have a tor- then you have the torpedo series. Now you got the Newport series. Yeah, Bigsby uh, makes one. Yeah, doesn't Bigsby Bigsby makes a set. So it really all depends on on how much you want to spend in in motor wise. Yeah. Um, Even the torpedo though is like eight hundred. Yeah, so you can get you can get an XI three non spot lock. I think maybe four thousand bucks. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think on the low end, the torpedo. You, you know, you you're talking. Eight nine hundred dollars. So the thing about the Torquedo too is, and this is where everything gets technical. Torquedo has its own battery. Battery, yeah. It does not allow any other battery configuration. So if you want more than one battery, or you need something that's going to last a little longer, you got to buy extra batteries from Torquedo. It is its own custom configured set. You cannot disconnect that. Um, the Newport just runs off a twelve volt, I believe, right? Uh. I, yes, I think so. I think that yeah. just has a terminal connector yeah. to a regular yeah. battery. Um, but yeah, so to kind of answer your question roughly, the cheapest way I could think to do it, if you're looking at just buying something like Daniel bought, you're looking at, I don't know, probably two, three hundred bucks for the motor if you buy a cheap like Minn Kota Endura mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, so with the new canoes, they, they have a back, back that's flat. It's almost yep. like a like a a canoe on, yep. on you know on the back. So really, you know, I could have put a tiller yep. with an extension and all that, but <clears throat> then you're talking about okay, can I lift it up? Like there's a lot of configuration yeah, there, to there's it. There's a yep. lot of different things. Oh, you should have seen the redneck setup I had. I had pulleys and cables and <laughs> I could I could raise and lower mine. I had like a pulley that wrapped around the handle that let like when I pulled it, it would tighten around the pin so it would yeah. flip. But, um, and that, even that trolling motor is like a hundred and 110, 120 bucks. And then I had a mighty max battery, which is like an $80 battery, but that's yeah. like, you're going to have to do a lot of customization. So you're going to spend a couple hundred dollars in just configuration because the thing you have to think about with a trolling motor is you have to be able to raise and lower that thing. If you get shallow, cause you're just going to start smashing that thing against the rocks. If you can't right. trim until it. 
So whereas that's where the the Torquedo and the Newport and all those, they literally just mount where your rudder would normally be on a top rudder kayak. It's just a motor that just flips down. And then a lot of them actually have brackets and everything already built into them. So you can take your existing steering system from your kayak, slide it into that motor, and now you're using your rudder system to turn it. So it's a lot more. I think think John Thomas over at uh, Yak Gadget actually builds a lot of them. Yep. Brackets that you can put your external yep. foot foot yep. stuff into and all that. See the that's one of the reasons why I like the uh, the natives is the natives have a kit like they have it built into the foot they have foot pedals that you can do right. that with. Yeah. The the trolling motor I will say to this point um right. it does create a lot of vibration in the water and you will spook fish in shallow water. Right. It it I really does. Had that. Yeah. And that's with any 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 type of yep. trolling motor on a bass boat, John. Boat doesn't matter. Ride. My bass boat it, does the same thing. Yeah, it's still it's still going to put off that vibration, and it's going to send that little. So, I don't want to butcher this name. Toloco sixteen. Yeah. Probably closer than I was. Yeah, he says I've tried a whole trolling motor thing on my tar- tarpon one forty and didn't like it. I was catching less fish by just hunting from spots. Yep. Versus fishing and enjoying the trip. Yeah. You know, what's funny is when I bought a bass boat. So when I had my kayak, I used to pick on bass boat guys. Mm-hmm. I used to be like, look at this freaking fool. He'd come in, drop his troll motor, cast four times, pick his troll motor up and fly to the next place. Well, when I got a bass boat, you do tend to do that. Like, I think anybody, to be honest, I do think that if you're going to start bass fishing, start on a kayak first. Because I feel like you learn the technique the skill and how to identify structure and areas better because you have that physical limitation you have to is it worth expending the effort to go all the way over there or should i fish that tree right here should i fish that dock right here should i just float out a little deeper and fish deeper rather than spending the 40 minutes to pedal to the other side of the lake so I think you do, in my opinion, you get an advantage mentally by starting with a kayak because you start to learn how to break down something. Because I'll tell you, I've gone right behind guys in bass boats. I've literally come right in, had a guy fish a lay down, throw some baits at it, and he bails. I come right in. I'm there for 20 minutes, but I pulled five pounders, four pounders, pulled, yeah. you know, even if you're not pulling big ones, I pulled seven fish off a tree that the guy in the bass boat just abandoned because I'm willing to take the time to hit every limb to cast to the front, the back, the side with a dock. I don't know how many times, I don't know if you've experienced this, but like for me, it's like sometimes it's stupid. Like you'll cast to a dock, you cast under the dock, you cast next to the dock, but then you'll cast to the third post and there's a fish there. Like well, you can hit that dock and, six times and not catch nothing, and then all of a sudden that one that one specific spot that fish was there. And I think Brian Latimer does this in one of his videos on his channel. I don't know where it was at. I, I it popped up on YouTube one day and I watched it. And he was he fishes Lake Hartwell a lot because it's his home lake, but there's a lot of docks on that lake. And he was showing the proper way to fish docks. Yep. And 
most of the time, if you catch, like you were saying, if you catch a fish on a third post, guess what? The next stop, he's going to be on the third post from the, the other outside thing or the too. inside. You know. It's weird. It's it's yeah. so stupid specific. Like the other thing I've noticed is is like sometimes it's the shape. So sometimes it's those docks that are like in a U. They're yep. in the middle of the U. But they won't be on any other post. They won't be on any other style of dock. Um, the other thing I've noticed too, same kind of concept, is you know those like rafts, the ones with the black floats seem to catch yeah. more fish than the ones with like the lighter colored floats. The ones that have like the black barrels on them instead of I don't I think it's just because they're hot. Maybe they draw more heat and they put more heat in the yeah. water. But I've noticed the ones with the black pontoons on them. I catch more fish on than I do. Like we have like people have like blue ones. To be honest, we're a redneck state. So we've got guys mm -hmm. with 55 gallon drums that are lashed to the bottom of a picnic table too. Mm -hmm. But um, it's weird. Like those little patterns. And that's the kind of stuff kind of staying on the point of the pedal versus paddle. That's the kind of stuff where Daniel can figure that out and go, okay, so it's always the third post on the dock. I'm going to go up this shoreline and I'm going to hit every dock that's, got black posts the third post you can run up that shoreline a hell of a lot faster than i can pedaling no, yeah that's right and that's where you yeah. get that that advantage and like i said the spot lock thing's a whole nother game when you got that spot lock that's i don't even know if it's really an advantage because i've seen a lot of guys with spot lock that if they don't have that heading sensor the kayaks is freaking yeah. spinning around yeah and with spot lock, you know, spot lock really doesn't help you in shallow water as much as no. it is in, in, in deep water on structure or points or ledges. Yep. Where fish, you know, if you're fishing points on a on a lake and yep. you, you catch a three pounder or you know a twenty incher yep. on on a point, and then you're blown off that point, then you got to refigure out. Okay, where was I sitting at? So with the spot lock, you can just yep measuring, get the fish back, and cast again. Uh, yeah, I have I have a redneck version of that. I have a, a eight pound mushroom anchor on an yeah. anchor trolley, and I have it right behind my seat. So when I catch a fish, I just go like this, and it just falls off and catches me. And then I just let that be my spot lock. But yeah, it's that's usually bad for sure. Usually, if I if I'm fishing a point or something, I'm always looking electronics. I'm, I'm my I'm video fishing. See, I try. So but I suck. At <laughs> so I also and uh, so I'll mash my my waypoint. It'll lock it, so I can position. You know, if I get blown off of it, I can position my kayak right back, back up on that waypoint, and I knew yep. exactly where I cast it. So, yep. Yeah, dude. So, I, I that's one skill set I don't have is I suck at marking waypoints, and I suck at really identifying fish when I'm deep. I'm mostly using my electronics to give me depth and like contour. Yeah. It, um said so I think uh, people up north fishing crappies and wallows can benefit from spot lock down here. And uh you know <clears throat> spot locking crappy, you know, if you're catching crappy, yeah, it's uh you know if you're if you're catching crappy or walleye I I I've never walleye fish so I don't know how to walleye fish so Walleye fish is a lot of trolling unless you're jigging for them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard. What's up, Andrew? Welcome I will say, show. actually, that's another point with the with the trolling motor, though, too, is trolling is an advantage. If you're looking to catch, like, 
walleye, salmon, trout, and you're doing like a trolling technique. Yeah. I've done it with the pedal drive, but I'm freaking soaked in sweat and tired at the end of the day because you're constantly having to like constantly pedal. Yeah. Um, but I don't think like in my personal opinion, and maybe it's just my own ego, but like there isn't the one thing I will say is that at the end of the day, I got my kayak out of the water and I'm picked up a hell of a lot faster than those guys with the trolling motors too. Cause you kind of got to disassemble yeah. that whole freaking thing before. Cause especially yeah. guys that are throwing the back of their truck, man, they've got to take the battery out unhook the battery, take the motor off, load the kayak. Yeah. Like that's yeah, so a lot I have, of extra packing. So I have a, I ran like I've ran the battery in the back trolling motor up front. So I got these quick disconnects. So I can just plug it in, plug yeah. it in. And, uh, but still, you know, you got to pull the pin out the trolling motor, lift the trolling motor off, put the pin back in, take it to the truck, take the battery out, take the crate out, take your fishing poles out. So, but. Got to make you know, the podcast debut again every time. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, so much extra work. See, that's where for me is like. Um, that's actually about question too. So yeah, yes and no. So the reason I say no is because so let me let me read the question, Mike. So the Spotify Sorry. people can, can oh yeah, my what, what's being asked it says Bass Nation, Bass Patrol Nation. That's do you find yourself getting tired towards the end of tournaments, not being able to concentrate on fishing? And go ahead, Mike, and answer the question. Now, I'm. The obvious answer is yes. You're definitely more tired not having a motor. But it also, for me, mentally, it keeps me from spinning out and doing the bass boat style fishing where I'm jumping from spot to spot. So a lot of the times what I do for a tournament is I will start to position myself closer to the ramp by the end of the tournament. I start working my way back slowly. So that when i'm at the end of the tournament i'm already in the ramp the usually there's like a most i mean maybe not everywhere because i mostly fish in vermont but a lot of places that i fish and a lot of places i fish in other states like there's usually like a bay like usually when they put a boat ramp in it's usually in a bay or a corner or a pocket that's where i end my day so for me i've already kind of worked my way back but that is a very good point of advantage for a guy with a motor because the guy with the motor can stay out longer before he has to motor back because some tournaments you have to be on the ramp at a certain time or you're DQ'd. You can't, you can't be out on the water after a certain time. Like some guys are really lenient. Some guys are like, you need to meet at three o'clock. And if you're not at the ramp at three o'clock in some of these roadrunner tournaments, you not only got to meet at four o'clock, but you've got to meet at a different boat ramp at four o'clock. So you've got to get out and go. So you have an advantage as a, as a motor guy, you can, but again, in a way, not necessarily because like Daniel said, he can only go three miles an hour. That's about how fast I can pedal. So it's not going any faster than I am. He's just not exerting energy to get back and forth. Right. And, you know, And versus quick equipment versus, you know, you, you got a pedal system and you got a motorized system in, in, in yep. your kayak. So either one of them systems can mess up at any point during the day. 
And then guess what? You're back to paddling that thing. Yep. And sometimes, you know, like, like you said, Mike is at the end of the tournament, I'm finding my way back to the ramp probably. So if that, you know, I've always keep that in back of my mind about having mechanical issues. Yep. Uh, is I don't have to paddle as far, yep. you know, because, because I ain't going to paddle no 10 miles. I'll go ahead and tell you that. No, nope. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll tell you that the, if I ever put a motor on my kayak, I'm still going to have a pedal drive. Yeah. I'm going to buy a pedal drive kayak and put a motor on it because for the most part, I can use my pedals like a spot lock. I can hold myself in a wind. Yeah. I can hold myself along the bank. I've gotten good enough with a kayak that I can position myself and keep myself locked in position with just the pedal. So I don't need to use my battery, but I would like to have a motor to get to and from the spot and then pedal around in that area and then zip to the it's similar to like a bass boat you use your big motor to get you to the spot flip that troll motor down to get yeah. you around in that area and then flip that up and use the big motor to go but, it's the same concept so given a good concept is greg blanchard if, if you're watching any of his videos yeah. you know he's always motoring his place but he's got a pedal kayak so yep. he, he cuts his motor off and pedals to fish in my opinion the the met the pedals don't I don't know why you would think it would be the same, but the pedals mm -hmm. don't seem to freak out the fish as much as the motor does. No, they, they don't. They really don't. And then, you know, with the Hobie kick fins, you know, they're, they're kicking sideways. Those so don't make nearly as much notion either. Yeah. No. And they, they, they've come up with some good stuff. Hobie has with the three sixties and kick up fins and all that. So, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's just whatever you can afford at the time to get yourself out there fishing yep. is what, you know, if you talk to any kayak fisherman is they're not jumping right into a Hobie or not unless no. you just got deep pockets. Um, no, most guys are starting with, you know, sit in yeah. and paddling around and then they decide they're going to move up to a pedal drive. And, and, and the thing is you got to remember weight too, guys, you know, if it's yeah. real nasty weather, and you're adding a 50 pound battery and a you know 30 pound motor on top of your gear in your body, yeah, it may not be worth it because you're gonna be sitting that much deeper in the water, you're gonna be less maneuverable, and you have to drag that thing out of the water at the end of the day. Like, there is definitely like I said, if I if I get my new kayak, like eventually my my goal is to try to get a new kayak next year. Don't know financially if it's in the cards because I also don't have a spot lock on my bass <laughs> boat and I would rather have a spot lock on my bass boat than a new kayak. <laughs> so um, it will probably get, I will probably end up putting a motor on it. But at the same time, to be honest, when I'm fun fishing, I probably won't have the motor on it. It'll probably yeah. only be for tournament fishing and competitive fishing or if I'm limited on time for that day. If right. I've only got four hours to fish, then I'll use the motor to get me back and forth. Yeah, and so I have to give out shout outs to my wife Christina. She's she's the one that got the motor for me, by the way, for Christmas. So nice. Yeah. So um but it it gives you an opportunity to, to fish larger bodies Here. of water as well. Yep. So you, you're just not stuck to one cove in a lake or you know, when I went to Lake Hartwell to fish that Brian Latimer championship, I started off in a cove, but I shot across the lake and fished a a marina and then fished a couple more points down the lake and yep. all that. But you find, you find yourself 
we're, we're talking about pedaling and motorizing is okay you've got an hour left in a tournament i've got a motor on my kayak i've only got four fish on the board i need a fifth fish mm -hmm. to get in the top five right so you're burning and running just like in a bass boat <laughs> so yep. and, and you you, you kind of have to keep that in in mentality world in the kayak world is okay can i find that fifth fish somewhere local that my truck's parked right at that ramp i, I need to you know i don't need to it's always, try to look my stuff up and go to another ramp try to catch a fifth fish with an hour to go in the tournament it's always that fifth fish isn't it it's always yeah. that fifth fish or that one kicker every time you get to an end of a tournament and you're like i just need one 17 inch bass or i just need that 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 final fish to fill out a limit and that's going to be right. the difference between winning and losing yeah so discover bass adventure says motor motors hand down i do like to pedal with my pa360 to get those micro adjustments for casting certainly it, it it's a uh, it'll get you pinpoint better um yep. the problem i have with that whole hobie system is the reverse thing because i backpedal every time i hook set and having to actually pull, pull a lever, yeah, you have to pull, pull having to having to physically move down. I, I don't think I I'm not coordinated enough to reach down to my toe to pull the lever or something. You know, like I don't think I'm like I'm just so used to pedaling backwards. As soon as I like, one of my buddies mentioned it. Like literally, I'll backpedal when I set the hook. Like I'm I don't even know yeah. I'm doing it instinctually. My feet automatically go to my pedals when I feel a bite. And as I set the hook, I backpedal. It's just completely instinctual. So if I couldn't do that, I don't know if I would want it. So so the problem I have is I'll kick that motor on low sometimes. And if yep. I'm fishing a crankbait or like yep. top water buzz bait, you know, I'm trying to, you know, just move a little bit up shoreline. Yep. And when you hook a fish, you I walk reach down there now to cut off the motor and mm -hmm. reel fish. So it's you know, if you have pedals I, and pedals are easy because I've seen a lot of guys do it is kick it, you know, pedal in reverse. Like yep. setting hook or Yeah, you just and that's that's how honestly there's been a lot of times where especially when you're fishing grass, when you're fishing mats, things like that. When you hook a fish in the mats, because that fish has got actually just as much leverage as you do when you're in a kayak. Mm -hmm. When you set that hook like a jig hook set, you're going towards that mat. Whereas if you have pedals, you can kind of give it a couple pumps backwards and you're not shooting into that mat like a rocket. Yeah. And that's yes, where, sir. like, I don't think I, other than that, honestly, the, the Hobie system, other than that, I would love it because one of my favorite things to do is parallel bank. And yeah. that Hobie system, you just flip them flippers and you're just going down the shoreline. That's right. That would be freaking awesome. But <laughs> not being able to go in reverse whenever I want is, I don't know if I would like it. Yeah. So discover Bass Adventure says it's always the first fish for him, not the fifth fish. <laughs> hey, you know. The first and the fifth is the hardest to catch. Yep. You Especially know, be, because go like you've got to hours. find them. You, you've got to find them first in order to catch yep. that first one. Yeah. Line's in at 6 a.m. and you're looking at 10 o'clock and you still don't <laughs> have that first fish on the board and you're starting yeah. to spin out. Yeah. Been yeah, there. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's rough. Been there, done that a lot. It's that's actually honestly that would be a good topic for a future podcast too is like the tournament kayak tournament mentality like there's yeah. so much to 
you don't realize it. Like when you're fun fishing, you're just fishing. You're like, ah, yeah, you just they're not biting. I'll go over here and they're not biting. But when you fish on a time limit, like I actually challenge anyone. I did this to myself before I started doing live tournaments because I knew a little bit about competition. But like take a take alarm and set an alarm. Give yourself five hours, four hours. Measure every measure your five fish like you're competing in a tournament and just see what see how it feels because you'll understand why some guys get so stressed out in tournaments because when you have a limited amount of time to try to catch the five biggest fish you possibly can it completely screws with your head like you just you you make these decisions you have to think faster you have to force yourself to do it and it's a different mentality yeah it, it really is yeah um but yeah it's just me coming from a bass boat world into a kayak world, you know, it, it's not like yeah. dropping that that V six in the water and yep. gearing down on it and and then pop that trolling motor down, like you said, make a couple casts. <laughs> oh, nope, we're not it, here. Another spot, <laughs> dude. It baffled me until I started fishing tournaments and until I had the boat. Once I had the bow and I was like, oh man, they're not biting in eight feet of water. Let's go out to 20. And it's like, oh, 20 is over there. When you're in a kayak and you're like, oh, 20 feet is 150 yard pedal into the wind. Eh, maybe I'll fish this tree a little longer. That's right. <laughs> it's a little different mentality. But yeah, once you start doing a tournament, you got to catch that one fish. And you, and sometimes to be honest, it's burned me too, because I've been like, okay, I'm not getting, I'm getting all cookie cutter fish here i need to do something different i'm gonna go fish docks over there and then eventually i come back to the area i was catching those cookie cutters and there's that 17 i was looking for you know right. like sometimes you burn yourself and you leave fish to find fish too but it's all that's what that's actually why it would be a great topic because there's just so many different intricacies to like right. your mentality when you're competing that yeah. just every little thing you have to process this data faster yeah. So Jason's Jason's got a question or a comment says the only downside to a bow mount is that it has no kick up feature like a stern mount for rivers and et cetera. Certainly. You know, if you're going yep. if you're going up river and you hit a log, that thing gonna yeah stop you dead track and you're gonna go overboard. Uh the pulses yep. far outweigh that pinpoint anchor stand up while standing up while motoring or steering five and a half miles an hour. So that's a that's one one you know versus a bow mount on an XI three versus a torpedo, yep, or a Newport. So um, I I ran into a rock on Saturday with my pedal drive. It happens regardless. Yeah, dude, I I I like literally was like, boom, like face down on my pedal drive because I didn't see this rock. I didn't know how shallow I was because the wind was blowing. I couldn't see into the water. Yeah. And I was, I went from three feet of water to a foot and a half to six inches and went boom right into that rock and smoked it. So I couldn't imagine doing that at five miles an hour because I wasn't oh. even going that fast, dude. I've heard stories. I've had buddies that have XI3s that have that, that do that, that are like standing and just using their trolling motor to get around. And then, you know, the next thing they know, they're hugging their trolling motor because. <laughs> They ended up getting launched into the front of the kayak. Yeah, I've done with I've done this with my trolling motor. I've you know I've got a remote on it, so I've had that thing kick you know 
last last mode was kicked up on high because I was going across the lake, and then I go to stand up. Oh. I'm standing up and I kick it on. And that thing's like, yep. You're like, yep. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine with a kayak too. Like it's it's got to be like instant power because I mean those those trolling motors are really made for a boat. So like, yeah, they're they're pushing hard when they kick off. Yeah. Um, Bass Patrol Nation says that's that's the reason why you don't think it's hard for him to fish kayak tournaments because he's been in a best boat tour tour for like ten yep. years. Yep. You know, <clears throat> speaking of that. You know, look at Ike McAnelly. You know, he, he got into the kayak scene, won a couple. Um, so, you, you know, coming back, you know, coming from a bass boat world to a kayak world, kayak world to a bass boat world, I, I don't think there's not a whole lot of difference. It's just the mentality that you have to break yep. down the body of water. Yep. A little smaller yep. in a kayak. Then you do a boat and mm-hmm. I study, I, I, I go on Google earth all the time. Look at bodies of water, look at the, because yep. in, on Google earth, you can actually go back. There's a little bar up there that you can go back and, and search. Okay. The, in 1999, the water was down so low that you could see some of the, some of the ledges and things. Yep. And yeah. So Navionics it, is another another app. If you guys don't use it, the Navionics app, and then you have the website too. Yeah, you can you can literally go and see that. What's nice about it is because I don't have a graphing. I don't have my fish finder doesn't have graphing. It builds its own, but it doesn't have like a chip <laughs> part. You can't throw chips in it. Yeah. So I use Navionics on my phone, and a lot of times I'll screw around on my lunch break. And I'll look at lakes and I'll mark waypoints on my phone. And then when I'm on the body of water, because it's you sometimes think, you know, where that contour is looking at the map. But when you're on the water, it's really hard to find that little place where all like where that ledge is. It's, yeah. it's not as easy as you think. You're like, oh, it's right here off of this point. It's directly at an angle. And you out there and you're like, I can't find this freaking thing. So I mark it on Navionics and then I find yeah. it with my kayak. But. You, you'd be surprised, guys. Like, a lot of the tournaments I fished, I fished Massachusetts last year or this year. I didn't fish, and like, two or three of the bodies of water out of the six, I didn't pre-fish. I just went down there with electronics, and I had a pretty good idea how the lake made out simply from looking at Google Earth. You can see um, the other thing about that time of year slider is you can see, like, okay, if I'm fishing in August, I can go look at August, how much vegetation's on this lake does this thing get matted up or does this thing stay fairly clean? You can see that if you use those sliders, you can kind of see the crap on the surface with that Google earth. So, yeah. So Jason says he, uh, he stays seated on the rivers. I I do too, Jason, when I'm, I'm fishing the rivers, I stay seated. It's just so, so many logs and everything in these rivers down here that, that, uh, get washed down and heck, you, you might see a car in these rivers down here. I've stood twice in my kayak since owning it. That's it. I I don't have the coordination and there's too much gravity right here. Yeah. I lean one way or the other and I'm in it. And it's not even the funny part is it's not a it's a financial concern. It's not about I'm worried about getting in the water. I'm I'm a strong swimmer. I yeah. know I can get myself back in my kayak. I know how to do it properly. It's how many rods are am I gonna lose or how many bait bags are gonna end up in the lake that I'm gonna have to chase down and hope that they don't sink in between me trying to get back in my kayak that I'm concerned yeah. about. Cause I don't have a 
you know, black pack where it has the, like the click-ins for the reels. My reels are just sitting in PVC. So if I tip my kayak over, there's a thousand dollars worth of lose heading to the bottom of the lake and it's yeah. not worth it. So discover bass adventures, <laughs> first time motor guide user going full speed and hit spot lock. Yeah. Jerk you right out the kayak. I bet it will. I bet. It, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And then Bass Patrol Nation says, I guess he's referring to my kayak. It's basically set up like a small bass boat. Uh, I guess you could say it. The only thing I don't have is a gasoline motor on the back. You get real creative with kayaks. Like the thing about the limited space is that you get real creative on, to be honest, I carry eight rods. Like mm -hmm. I'm not that limited. Like I have eight rods. I usually have six 3,700 sorter boxes. I've got a big tackle bag behind my seat with four full-size bait binders. Like, you get really creative on storage. I actually have under my seat, I actually have my dad had a wetsuit that he blew out the crotch in, and we cut the material up, and I made, like, a sling that goes under my seat so that I can stuff stuff under my seat, and it keeps it from getting into the water in the bottom of my kayak. Like, you get real 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 crafty with so when you talk about mini bass boat i mean to be honest i've been next to guys in fifty thousand dollar you know phoenixes and stuff like that hundred thousand dollar bass boats that i'm like yeah i'm uh, i'm catching them on paddle tails green pumpkin and they're like oh i don't have any of those and i'm like dude how do you not have <laughs> the baits yeah. that i have in my kayak in your boat but i couldn't even imagine throwing a cast net like he was saying, I threw my cast net in the sand from the kite to get fit for crabs here in Savannah, but been overboard more times than I can. I was say I would end up yeah. in the freaking water. Absolutely, there's a lot of dry. I mean, dude, even if you throw like a six XD in a kayak, you'll literally you can literally troll with a oh, six XD. Yeah. You throw it out fifty yards and cast it, and you're going to the like you're pulling towards that bait, man. Yep. <clears throat> yeah it's yeah bass patrol yeah. says that's my issue i'm like a bull in a china shop <laughs> i'll spend more time swimming and fishing you know you know really you know, i thought i i would but because it's I'm, amazing I'm, how stable there are i'm six three two ninety 295 somewhere around there i'll lie about i, I will lie about my weight okay. <laughs> i'm like a woman i'll lie about my weight but no i'm around the 295 range so but it's just having the having the motor on my kayak i, I like it i i really do and because I, I'm beginning to begin like a, I'm converting over to a power fisherman. I used to be a finesse guy. I, you know, I used to throw a lot of just fish real slow. If I find them, I'm going to pick them apart. But now I'm like running and gunning. Yep. Throwing a crankbait. Throwing a jerkbait. Dude, I'm becoming a hybrid between that so i used to do the same thing i used to do i used to live or die by the wacky rig dude like yeah. just shoreline throw a wacky pick apart a tree move to the next tree throw a wacky 
mixing a jig, which is kind of a power technique, but still like you're still yeah. staying stationary, you know? And then the longer I fish, the more I get impatient. And it's what it is, honestly. I think some people that start out fishing have an advantage over guys that have been doing it for a long time because the longer you do bass fishing, you start to get this textbook of rules in your head that the bass don't give a shit about. But you're like, oh, the wind is blowing from the north and it's cloudy and they should be biting XYZ bait because that's what they've always bit on this lake because you have this database in your head. And then when they don't do that, it pisses you off because now you're spent out because you're like, well, now I don't know what to do. Whereas when you don't know what to do and you're just aimlessly screwing around with a crankbait when you're when the crankbait isn't the bait that you should be using, you you luck into them. Because at the end of the day, the bass don't give a shit what you think they're supposed to eat. If you throw a bait in front of a fish, they're going to eat it. So um that's why i've kind of started to do the opposite where like i'll start out finesse i'll definitely find spots near and i always start near the ramp because one thing i will say pro tip for anyone who's doing a kayak motor or not everybody does the same thing and i find it freaking hilarious they get in the ramp they launch their boat and they go to the other side they never fish the area around the ramp everybody thinks they have to leave the ramp area but I can tell you there's about six or seven lakes that I fish here in Vermont. There's some in Massachusetts that I've fished. I've fished lakes around New England that sometimes those fish are just right there by the ramp. They're right there by the docks. They're right there by, yep. you know, the areas that everybody just immediately motors out and leaves. So those fish know that and they stay there. So don't necessarily run right out power down and head to the other side of the lake start out fishing somewhere close but that's what i do is i start out i'll dink and dunk an area with a ned rig a wacky rig texas rig i'll just kind of go around fish the vegetation and then from there that's what i mean by hybrid then at that point i give up because i have two i have adhd and i don't have the attention span to keep doing that so then i'll start running up and down the bank with spinner bait crankbait chatterbait and try to find them. If I get hooked into a couple of fish, then I'll stop and pick that part. But right. I kind of go back and forth once I figure it out. Yeah. So discover bass adventure says motor equals more water, more bites, more fish. I'd ha- I'd say 90% of the time. Yeah. 90% of the time. Uh, guys with pedals, they can find fish as well. Um, if you fish a body of water long enough, you'll figure out where they're at. There's certain conditions I will say though that yeah. like the guys with the guys that have only ever had a motor that they'll miss stuff because those guys that are going like five six miles an hour they can't read their graph they're not paying attention to their graph they're just looking at the next spot and yeah. they miss that ledge they miss that offshore tree they miss that brush pile because they're not looking they're just they're just hammering to the next spot so I will say there is definitely give and take but at the end of the day if you're if you take a fisherman of the exact same skill level, if you take Daniel and take away his motor and give him pedal drive, he's probably going to catch more fish with his motor because he knows the lake and he knows how to get to the next pattern, the next spot that he's going to be able to get there faster, which means he's probably going to get more fish because he's going to get to the next spot faster Yeah. before you run out of time. Because let's be honest, we all work. We all got to go to work on Monday. So when we're fishing, we, we have a limited amount of time to try to locate these bass. So, 
That's right. So Jason says 79, 75 to 90% of ramps have a brush pile planted out in front of it that most never notice. Yep. 100%. Yep. Because <clears throat> why? Because crappy fishermen want to fish from the bank and they want the brush pile near the bank. Yep. Absolutely. It's a brush pile or a pallet or, or a car or a boat <laughs> car or Christmas tree or, <laughs> yep. So, Honestly, Christmas trees are some of the best crappy habitat ever, man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mike, we've been going for about an hour, man. Um, I've got to get off to work in the morning real early, but I'm getting off because my son's getting married tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow night. Nice. So, um, so I just wanted to kind of mention some things before we got off. Sure. We are <clears throat> putting on four different type kayak series for 2024. We're going on a weekend warriors kayak series. So what the weekend warrior is, is going to be, um, it's going to be a two day event each month. So you get two days to fish for one specified weekend on the weekend warriors. Um, going to have a river series. Uh, each month is going to have a month long river series. Uh, we're doing a kayak nation wide series as well. That's going to have angler of the year points associated with it. So if you want to be a member of SCG KBF, it's a $20 membership fee. You can go to SCG.com, SEGKBF.com. And go over to tournament information and you can pay the $20 entry fee to the membership right there. And that will have some things associated with it for the 2024 season. And also for you, Georgia, for all the Georgia boys listening out there, we'll have the Georgia Tour Kayak Series. It's going to be four lakes with the fifth lake championship round. So, um, It'll be, uh, we, we will have one river in there. So, so we'll have the Weekend Warrior Series, the River Series, the Kayak Nation Series, and the Georgia Tour Kayak Series in 2024. Now, I so, didn't ask you about this before, but are you doing a separate podcast for that? Or are you going to try to just... Because I say, a um, lot of times what I like to do is like when I fish in a tournament, I like to just tell like, top five like just read them off just to give yeah. people some clout and um I'm, I'm gonna try to do a, a separate one from this one mike it, it okay. just because we we want to i want to keep kind of topics, topics specific, speci yep. specified topics to this one yep. and then then i can pre-record the other one i um so I, I won't i won't be doing that one live gotcha um so i'll just pre-record that stuff and get it yep. posted that way it'll be on on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Yep. Twitch, yeah, I think I'm doing the kayak one. I'm pretty committed to doing that. Um, Slay Nation supposedly coming to Vermont to do a live series here. But to be honest, right. I think I'm going to do your trail. Um, I always get that wrong. Your trail. Um, I, I Dude, it's always the opposite hand. Um, I'm going to do your trail, probably the kayak one. Because at the very least, I'm excited about that because... 
they're the only thing that I have for an option here for an actual AOI, like an actual points championship, is KBF. And there's three dudes that fish in it because right. it's the KBF challenge and it's only Vermont. Yeah. And it's the same three dudes. And the same dude wins it every month. And I'm going to just walk away. But there's there's some shit that shouldn't happen. I've seen some photos that look yeah. like the same damn fish five times in a row. <laughs> so um, I just stopped doing it. That's actually how I started doing it was the online monthlies. And then yeah. I just I couldn't do it anymore. So, so being able to do like an actual AOI with like us you know nationwide thing is awesome for me yeah so the anger of the year last year uh where we were associated with striker brand rains they they sell all kind of clothing and everything uh we were associated with them cleveland walker won the angler of the year last year so he won a like a 400 dollars worth rain suit from them nice uh this year we've associated with striker brands as well plus plus with the bagley tournament program which will allow the angler of the year whoever wins it this year it'll get a striker rain suit and a 200 worth of bagley nice so 2024 is going to be the same thing we're going to reapply for them two programs plus we're out searching for more sponsors to give us prize packets and things my wife has been working behind the scenes for me real well uh been putting a lot of work in for me so i can't thank her enough for doing that it's a lot of work it's yeah. there's a lot to all this stuff guys it's not an easy thing to turn put in now you're doing these on tourney x or yes yeah, okay. yeah. so so tourney x will be our host uh me and Dwayne has been talking a lot lately um i think it's the better format for our for for the stuff we do yep. and it's just just a lot more people fishing areas where their server sitting so good down here and mm-hmm. around certain areas so tourney x has really <clears throat> got got where it, you can submit the fish to the leaderboard or to the live well and it will you, do you, it when you, it does yeah yeah you won't lose it so that's cool yeah no i'm definitely going to be doing that so be on the lookout for that guys for anybody who's yeah. watching this on my channel um i'm going to be doing a tournament series next year just like i did this year this tournament trail is going to be one of the ones that i'm going to have episodes on um if there's a live slay nation trail i'll probably be doing that too but i definitely am doing like i said unless financially somehow i become extremely poor between now and next year <laughs> i plan so, on now when are you starting the kayak the nationwide one when is the, that the the kayak nation one will start in february run through october okay uh the river series and the weekend series will start in january okay and the georgia the georgia tour will uh start in march got it yeah so um but with that being said mike thank you for everybody watching tonight um make sure you go over subscribe to our youtube channels follow us on facebook youtube instagram Instagram, tiktok i got uh, them all <laughs> i have a tiktok but i really don't pay attention to it um i use it to advertise for the podcast that's all i use it <laughs> so for. if you missed the podcast and you want to catch it catch it you can watch it back on facebook you can hit us on Spotify now. We are up on Spotify audio only. Uh, main contain fishing. Just do a search on Spotify and you'll find it. So if you're heading into work one morning and want to listen to these fools rant and rave about kayak fishing. It's a great thing to listen to yeah. while fishing, guys. Put yeah. some headphones so, in. Listen to it while you're fishing um, in your kayak. 
So next week, I'll go ahead and announce it, Mike. Next week, or not next week, the next podcast in two weeks, yep. we're going to have Mr. Alvin from Angler Outdoors, American Angler Outdoors on as a special cool. guest. So he's going to discuss how everybody who likes to film their fishing can get on his on his format and maybe get him a show on and he can compile things for you but he'll be on the show cool in two weeks so we will see y'all next time and fish on <laughs>